Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. This episode is brought to us by Mike the Strongman. Are you tired of getting your training and nutrition advice from someone with only a weekend certification? Then perhaps it's time to turn to someone with over 15 years of research-based experience. Mike the Strongman can help you with all your training and nutrition needs. Mike has a proven track record of getting results with his clients. Visit MikeTheStrongMan.com for more information or email Mike at MikeTheStrongMan at gmail.com if you're ready to take your performance to the next level. This episode is also brought to us by the Healthiest You Chiropractic Center. The Healthiest You Chiropractic Center in Strongsville, Ohio, is dedicated to giving their patient community the highest level of healthcare. Their doctors have been trained on the newest and most innovative styles of chiropractic and rehabilitative treatments. From back pain to ankle strains, the Healthiest You has remedies for a variety of injuries. Are you looking to perform better in life and activity? Their team takes a wellness-based approach on health rather than only focusing on symptoms such as pain. Call 440-238-3338 or email them at thychiro, that's T-H-Y-C-H-I-R-O, at gmail.com for questions about becoming a patient. Now is a better time than ever to become the healthiest you. And last but not least, this episode is brought to us by CrossFit Strongsville. CrossFit Strongsville is a place where everyday people become heroes every day. Through qualified coaching, challenging yet modifiable exercise programming, and a supportive community unlike any other, members find a way to break through personal barriers physically, mentally, and emotionally. No matter what level you're at, from the very beginner to the elite, you'll find you receive great service from the moment you walk through the door, and we promise it will be one of the best hours of your day. Check out CrossFitStrongsville.com for more information and to sign up for a free one-on-one consultation with the owner, a 12-year veteran of the fitness and therapy fields. Okay, folks, our guest today is Ryan Carlson. Ryan has been my tech support for this show since before I even committed to do it. He helped me pick up my laptop, set up all my equipment, and even find where to upload and store my podcast itself. Ryan is very much into technology. He seems to always be up to date on all the new things that are coming out. And we decided to do a technology 101 podcast to cover some basics. Well, so he could cover some basics. We had a fun conversation that I hope you will find useful. So sit back, strap in, and enjoy our conversation. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we have with us Ryan Carlson. Ryan, how are we doing? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. Ryan has been technical support for the podcast since, well, before we launched. Uh, He helped me pick out the equipment that I needed, uh, the laptop. We got everything set up so that the equipment could actually talk to laptop because I couldn't figure all that kind of stuff out. So he's been a huge help in getting the podcast up and running. So I wanted to thank you for that. Um, Ryan is kind of a bit of a technology guy. So we're going to kind of get into some technology 101 and hopefully cover some things that most people don't really know. And we can kind of have you open your eyes a little bit when it comes to technology, so to speak. So I think a good place to start with that is uh, phones. Yeah. 
is I have a smartphone that I got only a couple of years ago, and I only got it so that I could get email for the gym. I was helping coach out, and it was so much easier to do it on my cell phone than it was to do it in my work computer, like whenever I was just there. But I probably use it for about, I don't know, 3% of its capability of the actual phone because I tend to surf the web, use a couple of applications, and you know call and text. And that's about it. Yeah. And that's honestly most people in this world, that's all they use their phones for. But with the advent of smartphones and things like that, more people are getting access to computers than they have before. Well, I mean, realistically, a phone is a computer. It's it is. just it's just a small one. It's a smaller computer. Everything is being miniaturized these days, and so phones are the next generation of computers. Um, I, the iPad apps or the ads on there they say you don't need a computer anymore because it's you got a phone and a tablet, and that's all you need. Yeah, I mean, there are some things that are easier to do on a computer. Now, maybe that's just because I'm used to working on a computer. I'm sure the phone could do the same things yes. that I was doing. Well, and that's that's part of a lot of people assume that, and and that was true a long time ago. But in today's day and age, those things are changing on a daily basis, especially with um, cloud computing and things like that, where you don't do any of the local computations. Uh, on your phone. You do them in the cloud. You do them on a server. Now, what does that mean for people who don't understand what that means? All right. So traditionally, what you're talking about for a PC or a Mac or something like that is you have your processor, RAM, and your hard drive. And all the computations are done between those three. Okay. So it's all localized in the actual computer. In the actual computer. Yeah. Your CPU, central processing unit, uh, your RAM, your random access memory, and then your, your storage. And between those three, what uh, what happens is you pull information from your storage, goes into your random access ma- or your RAM, your random access memory, and then your CPU then processes whatever, whatever task you're telling it to do. And that's where uh, a lot of people say, well, an iPad will never be what a computer was because it'll never be able to do that. Well, or the, because the specs are lower. They're okay. not as good. Yeah. Uh, not as fast, not as powerful. Not as much RAM, not, not as, as much, much storage. RAM, not not as as much, yeah, yeah, those are much lighter. Um, typically, a, a normal computer today has, you know, anywhere, a standard one, you know, 2.5, 3 gigahertz processor, you know, 3 to 4 gigs of RAM, you know, that, and that's double, triple size of an iPad right now. Okay, and then for the average person, that's obviously more computing that's, power than they really need yeah. for surfing the web or sending emails yeah. and doing those kind of things. And part of the thing with like an iPad is it was meant for just surfing the web. You don't need a lot. You don't need that horsepower under there. Which makes sense. Yeah, and that's what that's, they've crafted it to gear it towards people like that where it's this is what you do with it, so we're only going to give you what you do with it and give you a good experience. So you're going to like doing it and you're not going to care that it doesn't have all this horsepower. It yeah, which also makes this... it more affordable, obviously, because exactly. the component's a little bit cheaper. You don't need all the fancy things. Yeah. Uh, Apple's a different story. But, you know, normal tablets, yeah, the Android tablets and things like that, it's very affordable. You can pick up a cheap Android tablet or, you know, a Kindle or something like that, and you can surf the web all you want for almost no money at all and have a great experience, and it'll last a long time, and it's well worth it. Yeah. But, um, so... With that, the the computer normally what you would talk about is the the heavier duty tasks require the the better components, and that would be taking place on a computer. Well, with an iPad, 
the way that they're designing apps is you don't do that locally anymore. You okay. have a, an app on your your computer or on your uh, iPad or tablet that you just send commands to a server, a cloud. I put that in quotes because cloud is just a server somewhere foreign, someplace. They have data centers somewhere. And on that data center, it receives the commands. And then those have much better processors and much more RAM and anything more than you could possibly get on any computer. That does all the processing and then sends the output back to your iPad. Okay. So it's... so. Now, is that all happening in real time? Is there like a time. short delay from... A, I mean, well, it, it, all, it all seems like Harry Potter bullshit to it me is. where you're sending these wireless transitions yeah. out to a server somewhere and then they're sending <laughs> it back to your thing to do the actual computer. Like, yeah. Well, how the fuck does this even work? It's all ones and zeros. And that's the magic of, of computers is ones and zeros is binary. Um, but yes, you are sending information to a server. And then that server processes it or whatever and just sends you basically a screenshot or, you know, video or whatever you're doing back to your tablet. So it's very little information that's doing it. Most of the real time that's happening is you are just seeing a screenshot of what's happening on the server itself. Okay. The server is doing all the work. The server is doing everything. So it's it's kind of like if you had a computer on your desk. Um, most people are used to the towers and the monitor keyboard. Well, take the tower and put it two miles down the street and keep the keyboard and the, the monitor at your desk. Well, it's still doing the same thing. You're just sending it a little bit further to do the work. Well, that's a pretty long cable to go a two miles bit. down the street. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is I'm trying to, uh, they don't really talk about servers, but data centers are all over the U S. So, I mean, when you type in Google, uh, where's it going? North Carolina, it's going California. You think it'd be going out of the country, honestly. But. It depends. Uh, I know they've tried to keep most of it in the country. Um, there are some thoughts of... Because you would think you want it somewhere cold because data centers put off a lot of heat and they require yeah. a lot of cooling. There was a lot of talk of like uh, Iceland, Greenland. Yeah. You definitely like wouldn't that. want to have it in Arizona in the summer. Exactly. <laughs> Although, you never know. Well, it's not that you can't. It's just can't. it costs a lot more it to cool that room. It costs a lot more. It's a lot hotter outside. Just a little bit. Um, but yeah, there was talk of, of data centers in, in Iceland, uh, Greenland, those type of things. In, where it's cold year round, you can just put a filter on it and open the windows basically and cool all of these huge power consuming, you know, data centers. Um, it, it's just, it's making sure that they can keep up with the speeds. Cause I mean, when you, uh, Google and all the major companies go for speed, you know, which, which makes sense. Everyone wants to now, 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 now mm. gotta be fast. If it's not fast. We'll go on to something else. Oh, That's yeah. just how people are. Yeah. And we're, that, we're very much in a instant gratification microwave society. And and that's the thing is, I mean, how many people get frustrated when they see the little spinning wheels of patience on YouTube because you can't watch a video it's fast enough because your internet's not fast enough. It, yeah, because it's buffering still. Because yeah. yeah. everybody else is doing the same damn thing you are. Exactly. And, that, and yeah, I mean, even even the best connections will slow down eventually. So that's the, the goal is to try to get you content as fast as you can. Or in the case of like cloud computing, only a small amount of data. If they can send smaller bits of data, it'll go faster. It'll go faster. That makes sense. So, and that's that's kind of the theory behind tablets and things like that. Is you don't need that central. You don't need that massive amount. You just need a screenshot sending you a picture back. Okay, you want to edit it? I send a handful of commands to the server. 
it edits it, sends it back to you. It's just a picture instead of, you know, dealing with all the, the massive amounts of data and processing and things like that. Okay. So, um, in terms of, you know, you're seeing a revolution in, in that sort of thing is you don't need the big horsepower computers. You don't need the, those big things. I can sit on my phone and, and do things like Photoshop, full blown Photoshop if I want to off of a phone. But I'm sure most people know what Photoshop is, but just in case, you, you can edit pictures with that, right? Photoshop is like the generic go-to for editing pictures, video, things like now, that. Well, what kind of things can that actually do? You always hear, like, oh, that's Photoshop, or oh, this and that. Like When I think of Photoshop, I think of someone cropping like very horribly like a, a face off of someone and putting them on like arnold schwarzenegger's body so yes. like, hey look i'm i'm super jacked like arnold was back in the 70s so photoshop um basically any media or any magazine anything like that that's what it is it's you know if you look at a magazine cover that was photoshop or one of the other photo editing type things where you put text you change colors uh you hear about uh what uh, digitally editing people's bodies and things like that that's what photoshop does um photoshop is also um photographers and things like that okay um you know if you've ever sat down with a photographer you'll see them pull up photoshop and they can add filters and change lighting and and manipulate things and create collages and and photoshop is kind of just the go-to one there's okay. there's tons of them that actually do that yeah and when you think of that you do think of something that requires a lot of processing power yes and so to do that on your phone is pretty impressive it is and that's and well and it's also one of those things it, it photos are one thing and then you get into like video you can edit video and things like that um special effects that is it's not necessarily photoshop there's there's other software that does it well yeah well, it, but everyone kind is, of just generically yes. it's, it's like kleenex it's like it's not exactly. really kleenex it's facial tissue but exactly they were the first ones to the market they were the big ones and that's just it's what sticks they're the same thing and yeah. you can do photo editing off of that and that's what they do all the um the pixar movies things like that that's what they do that's that's how they do those or some of those effects. are just amazing yeah. the kind of detail goes into yeah. all that is just it's it's breathtaking to watch sometimes mm -hmm. like this is all fake this is weird yeah and that is that is the power of computing, although they have massive workstations. Although they have to for what yeah. they do. I mean, the average person is never getting anything that kind of, no. um, what would you call that, computer intensive, yeah. I guess. Processor intensive. Yeah. Those are specially designed, you know, $10,000 machines that sit there and crank out. Yeah, and they can afford to do that because they can. their films make them gazillions of dollars. Yeah. When, so. you, when you can afford it, you can buy those kind of things and it makes it well worth it because it takes a lot less time to do that stuff. Exactly. Like if um, I were to get that to run this podcast, it's a little overkill. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a tad. Considering the, the laptop you're running in this office, like a two gigahertz or whatever, Yeah, you know. It's pretty. It's pretty simple. Pretty simple. <laughs> but that's the thing is audio is much simpler than pictures and video. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, you know, I mean, the I'm trying to think the camera that the DSLR camera that I have is I think it's 20 meg 20 meg pictures. Every 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 shutter is 20 meg. So and whereas 20 megs on a podcast is probably 20 minutes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. About that. So uh, it's it's a different world, and then video is a whole different realm. 
Um, well, there's so much more data. Compression technology is getting better, but I mean, even a, a usually a standard deaf movie is uh, a gig, you know, um, as you get into, they had to do Blu-ray and things like that for the high def ones, which are sometimes 10 gig, you know, for a movie, you know, those are massive files and, and that sort of thing. And that's part of the thing, like with, um, along the same lines of streaming Netflix, things like that, it's much easier to stream some of that stuff than to store it all locally anymore. Yeah. It's, it's because you first would have to download it all yeah. and then you have to replay it all. Mm-hmm. So it's better to just run it off of somebody else's server yeah. and you, you have to deal with the buffering sometimes. Yeah. Not the and, end of the world. No. And, and, and that's the thing is if you get a fast enough internet connection, it doesn't really matter because you're never going to notice any difference the way those stream and the compression and things like that, that work that you'll never notice, notice a difference. Okay. Now what's, what's considered a fast internet connection? What's like a normal internet connection? Uh, well, this is where we get into the, you know, it, it kind of depends on where you live. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of what, you know, uh, I don't, I have kind of a normal speed at home, probably, you know, less than a hundred meg or hundred meg, hundred meg, meg a second. Okay. You know, usually, um, you know, usually offices have T1 lines. T1 lines are, you know, more of a commercial. Those are dealing in much faster because you need, you know, you've got multiple people, you know, you got, could be a hundred people on one internet line and that's more of a direct connection. So it's a little bit faster. Um, I know, I don't know the exact speeds of them, but there's things like fiber that are running a lot more. Uh, there's talk of, you know, gigabit type stuff where you're sending, gigs of data in seconds and so instead of megabytes you're saying gigabytes Gigabytes. is that a difference of a thousand so how it works is you've got a byte kilobyte is a thousand bytes megabyte is a million gigabyte is a billion terabyte is a trillion and then you get into the pentabytes the the what now (laughs) pentabytes um that's uh, you won't see that you'll you only see basically gigabytes in your day-to-day life but um a lot of scientific research. I know, uh, I think I was reading something on CERN, which is a uh, large hadron collider over in Europe uh, where they're smashing atoms together. They have, um, I think, hundreds of pentabytes of data. So a pentabyte is a thousand, a thousand gigabytes. <laughs> so you're, t- or a th- thousand terabytes, sorry. So gigabytes, ter- so it's a thousand terabytes. So it's a thousand trillion bytes of data <laughs> per pentabyte and you've got it hundreds, sounds like a lot of bytes a little bit <laughs> so um it's a lot of data you know especially when when you consider that you know uh a movie's about a gig you know so yeah but i mean most people obviously aren't going to deal with that kind of stuff in their in their homes so you have a pretty no. fast connections with 100 megabytes a second yeah right Whereas some people might have what twenty five, probably. Usually, some of the cheaper plans and everything will will be in that range, and and you'll just see a lot of lot more buffering. Versus now, now, if if they wanted to upgrade to get faster internet connection, they have to like do the router and all that kind of stuff, or is it just a matter of no, you just pay the company to send you the information, or how does that all work? A lot of that depends on what they're doing, because you know there there are so many ways to do that, um, you know. Uh, there is when you're dealing with that, you've got your company that comes in, you've got a line coming to you. Uh, you ha- usually have a modem 
on there that separates and, and processes what comes from there. That controls kind of your speed, and that's limited by what you pay for. Okay. So uh, whatever they offer, that modem kind of says this is what you're limited to. You know, internal to the house, I can get as fast a router or Wi-Fi or whatever as I want, but you're kind of limited by that modem by what you pay and then what whatever service you're actually being provided, you know, what kind of infrastructure you have. Yeah, I mean, most people probably live in and around cities or, yeah. or towns, so they're going to have probably pretty decent access. Oh, yeah. If you live out in the boons somewhere, you, you kind of get what you got. I well, mean, yeah, and, and it's the further you live, the more you pay. There's There's always the satellite stuff. You know, you can have satellite, you know, internet, and then the rise of cell phones and 4G, you know, 4G LTE stuff, LTE kind of uh, networks that, you know, I can get a hotspot and get any, any internet anywhere I want that's just as fast. Honestly, my phone is a, can be a hotspot. Okay, now what's a hotspot? All right, so <laughs> uh, in your phone, you have a 4G LTE modem, usually. That's that's the standard now. There's 5G is coming out here shortly. Um, but that is a wireless communication for data over cellular net, cellular towers. That's how your phone works. That's right? how your phone works. Yeah. In your phone, you also have a Wi-Fi card. So what you can do, a hotspot, is when you take your 4G LTE modem from your phone and you route it through your Wi-Fi and then broadcast a Wi-Fi signal. So I turn my phone into a, quote, hotspot, but I can provide internet to anybody around me. Okay. So um, it's just basically internal routings of dealing with that data. Now, what would be the benefits of using your phone for that instead of having, like, an internet connection from an actual company? You always have it. Well, and it's it's one of those things if um, – not every laptop, not every device has a 4G modem in it. Now, for a lot of people, you don't need that. You know, I know um, my computer doesn't have a 4G modem. Um, you know, my the tablets we have don't have 4G because you'd have to pay for that. You'd have to pay to hook up to their networks and you have to pay monthly for, for that. I don't need that. Yeah. If I because you're running Wi-Fi only, I'm running on Wi-Fi only. Exactly, it's, it's in the house. However, if it's in the case where, you know, my kids are getting cranky or something like that, and and we're out there, and I hand them a tablet, and I'm like, we just need to get something done, so please sit here and watch yeah, this yeah. for like five you, minutes. I'll use this tablet as my babysitter. Exactly, you, you sit here and look at the pretty pictures, and we'll be good. It, it's. You try not to do that, but every once in a while, I know it's a babysitter. It's, it's, it's like anything else. As, as long as it's not abused, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. Well, we can get in a whole other thing with tablets because there is there is actually a lot of good that's coming out of tablets for kids and you know adults and things like that. Um, well, but, let's let's save that for another mm-hmm. talk. I think. Oh yeah, but no. It, well, it's just it's it's all it's along those lines of you know how those devices are used absolutely like, like th- they don't have to be bad but in general i just i kind of see it as bad mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be if you structure it properly it's it's like anything else oh yeah so so you could switch your phone over to a hotspot yeah. and then the tablet could use the wi-fi from yeah. the phone yeah. and they could be playing games or doing whatever oh, yeah. educational absolutely. things or yeah. watching videos or just yeah and something that's, that's the thing is anything that if you needed a uh 
a Wi-Fi connection for it, yeah, it's it's hey, well, let's watch Mister Rogers. Now, would that be like beneficial that. for someone maybe who doesn't have good access to internet and they have a let's say a unlimited data plan oh, yeah. on their phone, so they could just set up their phone, switch it over to a hotspot, oh, yeah. run it onto their smart TV or, oh, yeah. or their laptop or something like that when they get home. Yeah, and and that's. If you can afford it, if if that's the way you want it, uh, the I mean, some people do that just because they don't have yeah. Like it's it's so expensive to get internet where they are if they're out in the middle of nowhere. Or it's it it's one, makes sense yeah. for them to do that. Or it's one of those things people that travel or things like that where you know uh, it's cutting landlines. You know how many people have a landline anymore? I know my parents do. I think my grand <laughs> my grandma does. I can't think of anybody else who does. There's there's very it, it's landlines are dying. Yes. And that's the thing is because that's so easy to take a cell phone with you. Well, in all reality, same thing as cable and TV is is dying because you can take all that with you. Um, internet can be dying here soon, too, because if unlimited plans get cheaper and things like that, well, you now have the internet anywhere you go. You plug in your phone, turn on the Wi-Fi, or Wi-Fi hotspot, or have a dedicated you know actual line uh, yeah you, you have get like a separate phone and a just, separate and that well yeah there, your like motor me router there are devices out there that are just a hotspot they're not a phone okay they just have an lte motor well, i assume those Wi-Fi. came out first where they have put the ability in the phone no they oh, came really? out with the sun it's about the same time it's the same it's basically a phone it's just you don't make any calls with it okay and it's uh but you could set that up in your house and if you have an unlimited data plan on it heck it's the same as having wi-fi in your house yeah absolutely and so there's no uh, cable bills or, you know, extra charges like that. Yeah, if you can consolidate all your yeah. bills, it might make more sense instead of paying because you're going to get transmissions mm-hmm. fees, you're going to get service fees, yep. you're going to get – most people, like, they make you use their modem and routers, you're going to rent those. Exactly. And yeah, so there's lots of other fees that and involve And if you're paying it. for an unlimited plan anyways. Yeah. So it might, it might be an extra $70 yeah. for your plan to go to unlimited mm-hmm. where it might be 150 if you actually get, yeah. you know, because most of them nowadays, they make you do like a landline, they make mm-hmm. you do the cable and you got to rent the modem. You, yep. By the time you add it all up, it could be $150. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is it's kind of consolidating. Um, the term recently is cord cutters. That's, okay. I don't know if you've heard that one. Not that one, but I don't really pay attention to that stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't really surprise me. Well, cord cutters are... Um, are people that are ditching cable. They're ditching, you know, everything like that. Well, going good for to something. them because I did that like a decade ago and I moved out of my parents' house and I couldn't fucking afford it. <laughs> but, well, they can afford it because they'll do something like that and they get everything that they have. They get their Netflix and Amazon Prime yeah. and they can get their local news and, you know, it's all out there. It's just not through the main streams of you know, exactly, because most like people think I'm weird because I haven't had cables like literally since I moved out of my parents' mm-hmm. house. I didn't want to pay for it. I was broke. I just got my own place. I was living alone. Like it's tough. Yeah. If I had a roommate, it'd been easy. We could have oh, just get it, no big deal. But mm-hmm. I didn't want a roommate. Yeah. I kind of like living alone. It's a lot nicer than living with some other <laughs> random bloke <laughs> that I kind of know from the gym or something. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit better than that. But uh, but now I don't. I still don't have cable. I don't have. Wi-Fi or internet at the house. I mm-hmm. don't have TV. I don't have you know, people. Thought, oh, it's it's on channel three, five, and eight. Like, don't you have that? I'm like, no, I don't have any TV. I don't have. I just yeah. I'm old school. I have DVDs and even VHS tapes because that's the only way I can watch bloody Star Wars yeah. anymore because all the new ones are garbage. But well, cord cutters are like that. Only the difference. Yeah, is- except for they're not going to the extreme that I am because yeah. most people think I'm weird because most people are kind of the same way. Like, they don't have cable anymore. That they got rid of that because they're just. 
they're streaming Netflix and yeah. that kind of stuff on their on their Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, I got to have Wi-Fi because I need need to have my Netflix and my YouTube and yeah. all these kind of things. And well, it's also the thing is like you said, three, five, and eight. Well, I can get all that news anyways over the internet yeah i don't need tv to curate you know tv well not uh, to mention all the tv is all just garbage anyway because yeah. hey, uh, wait for the last 30 seconds the actual news so stay tuned until yeah. we actually show you the real news but for now it's just junk and filler and that's that's one of those things it's it's always interesting that you know like everyone says newspapers are dying oh yeah big time and they are physical media is dying but it's also one of those things that when i'd look at a newspaper you know, I'd be flipping through my phone or something, find, hey, this happened 15 minutes ago, or this happened 30 minutes ago on the other side of the world. Okay. And then the newspaper comes out and it's the same article shorter, but it's coming out a day later. Yeah. So it's one of those things. Okay. I already know about that. Let's go on to something else, you know? Um, so it's just, it's speed and it's, it's access. But it's also, I think a lot of journalism as well. Yeah. I mean, just not having good information, not having Mm -hmm. all your facts checked, just throwing stuff out there, clickbaity things, trying to drive traffic. That's what it's all about. It's not about actually reporting on the news anymore. It's about how do we get hits? How do we get, how do we stay alive? How do we do this? Like, well, come on, we gotta gotta make this work. And it's like, no, just do your job and people will reward you or change with the times and just do it more digitally. And that's the thing is, is as the digital journalism comes about there are good sources and there are bad sources there are sources that are clickbait like that oh, but yeah. there are and we all know what those are i mean yes. you can tell instantly but there are a lot of good sources out there that um have learned to to work with that and and um not necessarily a, a journalism type story but the the one that i go to is like cnet cnet is a technology kind of website um if you want to look up um, I think when we were looking at uh, your equipment, I went to CNET and said, okay, what is the rating on this? And so they do this, these amazing journal, journal um, you know, articles and things like that on their technology. And they put it through its paces and they tear the things down and they, you know, try them out and things like that. And they write, you know, uh, you almost get used to it. And instead of this tiny little article in a newspaper, this is a, you know, what would be like a 10 page article on everything, every nut and bolt of this entire piece of technology and and then their review. And these guys do this all day. And that's what journalism is turning into. And reliable sources will put stuff out like that, but you're always going to have that, you know, (laughs) you're always going to have both sides. Of course. Print, that's, digital, honestly, everywhere. That's what people want, though. They, they, want, they want. The sky is falling. Everything's crazy. Like, look at the tabloids that you see at the the grocery stores. Yeah. For God's sakes! I mean, people actually buy that garbage. That's clickbait. Like, I don't get. It's all clickbait. But clickbait. It's, just, and it's before clickbait. Form. It's just, yeah. Just buy our magazine and look yeah. through this stuff. Like, oh my God, it's so horrible. That's. <laughs> I don't know. People today. Well, I mean, they've always been that way, but people today are just. I don't know. Interesting to say the least. Yeah. that's a nice way of putting it yeah there's that let's track back here a little bit let's go back to the phones so what are some things that people maybe use their phones for that is a waste of time or maybe there's things that they're not utilizing that could help save time with their phones it's 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 a very individual thing when you talk about saving time and and using time there's all sorts of wastes of time you know i mean Facebook is a 
infamous waste of oh, time. Oh yeah, it's on it's just there. a huge time suck. Like yeah. I get on there to to see what my friends are up to, yeah. and I see ads being sold to me. I don't give a shit. Like I want to know what my friends are posting. I don't care what they liked. I don't care who they followed. Like I don't I don't give a shit. I want to know what they're posting. That's all I want to yeah. see. But it's also one of those things like uh, Facebook, and this is things that don't think anybody really knows facebook caches all that stuff on your phone and so like with an apple device you do not have expandable memory so you will fill up your entire phone memory surfing facebook and not even know it okay and you're going to be like okay i'm out of memory what do i do well it's facebook has gobbled up a gig of space on your phone just because you have been wasting time on it so it's it's not necessarily a waste of time but it's one of those things that's an inconvenience because Honestly, I think Facebook doesn't know how to design an app, but that's me. I think they're, you know, they're focused more on getting you to uh, watch their ads and, you know, follow people around you. Well, I mean, that's how they make their money, right? That's how they make their money. But, you know, it's, it's things like that. And. You know, that is there something be, you can do to keep that from happening? So that it delete the app every once in a while and reinstall it. Okay. I purge the cache. Okay. So it's it's things like that. It's it's an inconvenience when it gets there because um, you know some of the bigger phones. Uh, if you have 128 gigs of RAM or gigs of memory on your phone, you could have 10 gigs of Facebook alone just by just because storing things in your in your phone. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that that's a huge waste of memory. Is there a way to look that up and see how oh, yeah. much it's taking? And this so you could see if it yeah. gets bad, you can delete it and reinstall it. Um, most phones have either internal memory logs or you just download an app and it'll tell you what what's in there. And it may just be something generic like, you know, miscellaneous files or something like that, but you can tell pretty easily how how much memory's in there. So that's that's one of those things. It's not necessarily a time saver, but it's something to uh I mean, it's it's kind of like what you and I talk about all the time. You have to understand how the device works mm-hmm. in order to ha- how to utilize it for yourself. Exactly. And that's, and that's something that I struggle with, which is why I talk to you a lot because mm-hmm. I just I don't understand these things because yeah. I'm I'm like a 50 year old man stuck in a young man's body. I just I don't get this all technology shit. Now sometimes it makes my life better, but I think overall it kind of just makes it worse because people misuse it. They don't utilize it properly. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and that's a lot of people see it that way. Um, you know, I grew up kind of immersed in technology. You know, I was part of that first generation that was born into technology. Yeah, because you're about the same age that I am. And I I can remember being in kindergarten and typing on a typewriter. Mm -hmm. I can remember that. It's, um, they've relabeled it, uh, because everybody's getting mad. The, uh, I'm not a, uh, a Gen Xer and I'm not a millennial. It's an Xennial. (laughs) Exennial. <laughs> they, they've called it the Oregon Trail generation. Oh God, it's just made up bullshit. Let's be honest. Well, and like, but that's the thing is is it's funny because anybody that's our age and I talk to them and I say it's the Oregon Trail generation, they instantly know what know I'm exactly talking what about. Exactly what talking about. And like, they, like all the kids today, it was a game we used to play on the computer. It was it was horrible, but it was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's the thing is. That right there, just that one game is almost unifying a set of people <laughs> that grew up and don't really fit in anywhere. But, uh, no, I remember getting my first computer, the first house computer and playing on that. And, you know, I remember With the floppy drives. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the first ones we had. I did have an Atari. 
I did have what well, the next one was uh I think I had a standard Nintendo and then a sixty four. Um You skipped but, over the Super Nintendo? I it may no, I had a Super and then a sixty four. I didn't have a standard one. I think I got that later. But um you know, it was I remember all those old games. I've I've got some of the those games ported onto my phone now. <laughs> but that was you know, I was part of that generation that was kind of born into technology and so I was kind of surrounded by it all the time and so um you know, it it's come very natural and and intuitive and and you know, it's Whereas a lot of the older generations find that they find that frustrating. Well, they didn't learn it until they were yeah. adults. Yeah. Well, all these kids now that they've they've been in front of phones and tablets and everything else since they were little. They don't know anything different. No, they don't. I, mean, I can I remember seeing like an iconic um, a picture of like this kid who was looking at like their grandparents or something like a flip phone, looking mm-hmm. at pictures, and they were trying to swipe. Yeah. Trying to swipe the pictures left or right. Yeah. And like, it's not working. And they're getting frustrated looking at their grandparents. Like, what's going on? <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Like, I heard the same story, and, and it relates to the TV and, and, and then another one with, uh, with the tablets and how they affect and, and things like that when we can talk about that. Um, I heard a, a tech guy talking, and he said, yeah, his two-year-old wiped or walked up to the TV and tried to swipe the TV. <laughs> Because <laughs> he didn't like what was on. Tried to change the channel. Tried to change the channel because that's what he knows. And that's that's the interface that he's used to. Whereas, you know, older generations, it's a keyboard. Well, or... I mean, let's be honest. The older generations, they were the remote. They exactly. had to go up there and yeah. turn the knob for mom yeah. and dad because you had like the four channels you could watch. Yeah. And bunny ears and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. that's all there was. Yeah. And and that's the thing is, is um, I was just listening to a thing is or a, a podcast on it and he said, in previous generations, there was time to uh, build a philosophy on what you were on the new technology that was coming out and kind of understand how it fits into your life. And in today's world, it's changing so fast that nobody has any idea how to understand how it I fits mean, in your life. What do they say about technology nowadays? In six months, it's irrelevant, right? It's already it's, outdated. Yeah. Usually it's usually, uh, like for most of us, we don't even have time to figure out what even came out. And it's like it's already on to yeah. something else. Yeah. And we're not paying attention. I'm not no. paying attention to that kind of stuff. No, if you're not paying attention. I mean, because like you read about it, you listen to mm-hmm. podcasts, you listen to TED Talks and those kind of yeah. things about it, trying to stay up on things. Yeah. And that, it, that's it's something you enjoy. It's something you're into. That's, it, that's it's what something you It's something that I've always found interesting. Yeah. And, but and, for the average person, they're yeah. not going to do that. No. And that's the thing is it's also, it's somewhat different than and other topics like that because it changes so rapidly and unless you're doing that you can't keep up with it you know certain things don't change very rapidly okay new article every month or something some small change but technology changes literally day by day i mean you never know what's actually coming out and that's just the stuff that we know about i mean when you look at um you know behind closed doors and things that is being that are being developed i mean uh well what they always say is like by the time it comes out to the public sector the military's had it for what a decade or two uh i think gps was a good example of that i gps it's been around for a long time i mean we had a uh, agent tom on the podcast not too long ago and he was yeah. talking about how he was in the military uh-huh. over in the suck wherever he yeah. was i forget like uh, jordan or some shit i don't, mm-hmm. I don't remember and and he said that they came out with GPS and it's like it's totally different than what it is today. He's like, yeah. but it was we had it first. We were oh yeah. It was like a little dot. You were trying to follow the dot yeah. and go to the dot and and that's that's one of those things. The military or the you know government agencies things like that always have stuff way before. Well, well, I don't know now with the private sectors going on and all the developments that's happening. 
Well, you would think that they'd be almost developing things as fast as the military. Yes and no, because we can't actually see what's going on. Well, that's because true. The, we, we don't know what they're doing. It's it's always been the private sector that has developed that technology. It's just been under paid military for contracts by the government and kept quiet. Okay, exactly. That makes At, sense. Because uh, they're specialists. That exactly. you'd, you'd hire the specialists yeah. to do what you need done. Stealth planes, things like that. You know. Um, GPS, things like that. Um, I think it goes back to even like radar, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, all that stuff. It's they're looking for an advantage, and so say, yeah, some university professor comes up with something, and maybe publishes a paper or something like that. Very low radar. I mean, how many people read that stuff? And then the government says, hey, this looks like potential. We're going to pay you to develop this, but you have to keep it quiet. Here's an NDA. Don't you know? Don't say anything. And then it gets shifted over to the public sector they start developing it military starts using it military develops it even further you know they work with them then ship it out to public um i know gps when it came out to the public uh the government restricted the accuracy of it they didn't allow the pinpoint accuracy that the government had or the military had and gradually it's been getting better and better but i remember i think the first gps that i got um, sometimes it would get confused because the accuracy was bad enough where it couldn't tell if you were right on the road or not, and you'd actually like go off into a cornfield or something <laughs> like that because, oh, its accuracy wasn't detailed enough. It got you close, but not perfect. It got you close, but not exact. But yet, at that same time, the military could pinpoint you know, within feet of where they were going. That was for rockets and things like that. So, But they didn't want everybody else to do that because if... Yeah, because I, I have rockets in my car as I'm exactly. driving down the road. Like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> we all know you have rockets and nukes and all that kind of stuff in your car, you know. <laughs> all but, nuclear weapons. Yeah. But, no, I, I, we don't really know what's behind closed doors right now and, and what kind of things are, are there. We can kind of speculate some of those things and, you know, but you don't know. You don't know what what's being developed in those labs and yeah. you know, the closed doors and the, even stuff that's public. We, you know, there's so much stuff going on all the time. How do you keep track of it all? You know, how do you keep up with everything? You know, so you do your best and, and a lot of it is just what comes out in the public and what companies are releasing and Hey, we got this new little thing here and new little thing there. And, you know, this is cutting edge stuff here and, you you listen for like TED Talks are a good one to to listen to some of the cutting edge stuff from professors and things like that and you know but you don't know. Well, this is very true. So, so if if we come back to the phones, we kind of got off in a little bit of a tangent there, of course. <laughs> which which happens from time to time on this show, which is one of the fun things of doing that. What what are some other things that maybe people don't understand about how their phone works and how they can make it better for them? Uh, let's see. We could, uh, I definitely know, um, especially in today's day and age, um, if you pay a little bit of money for the phone, uh, the cameras on the phones are becoming incredible. Oh, they're excellent. Um, you know, I, I was actually at a photographer and I showed her a picture that I took off of my phone. She said, that's going to put me out of business one day because the phones, I mean, I, 
I'm not a professional photographer. And not to mention with all the filters and stuff you can do too. It's just, you can make it look so amazing. You can make pictures look amazing. You also have editing software on your phone. You can, uh, I've got one app that will lighten dark pictures. So if you take a picture in a dark area or like uh, the lighting's wrong, it kind of auto corrects that and turns picture right. So it's um, today's day and age, the pictures are, I mean, I wouldn't have said this a little while ago. I said go with a DSLR, but um today's day and age the phone's pictures are king and uh and then it's how to handle that with the phones you know um using cloud services and things like that you know having that connectivity and and um you know being able to get to things quickly um i know uh one thing that i guarantee a lot of people don't do is I can get to just about any of my files at any time off of my phone. So there's a level of connectivity for that, um, any of my pictures. Um, I've got, I think the last check um, that I've uploaded right now is about 15,000 pictures. So and you, you have these stored like on a personal server or is it all stored have, in the cloud or which, which is just somebody else's servers? Yes. I've actually got it both. Okay. One on a personal server and one on So you have on like cloud. backed up on yours mm-hmm. and then put on the cloud so you can access it. Yeah. Right. And I can access both of those. And so one You can of, access your personal server? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's called a network attached storage device. And it's basically just a hard drive with a network card in it. And you attach that into your uh, modem. And I can pull up from anywhere in the world as long as I have an internet connection, all of my files. Okay. Now that's something you had done what a couple of years ago is you yeah. had gone through and taken all your movies mm-hmm. and put them into your server. So that way you could literally watch yeah. them on your phone whenever you wanted. Yeah. Whereas like me, like I have to go home, mm-hmm. I have to pull the DVD off the DVD shelf. Yes. Well, what do we call it? Like a DVD case, I guess. Yeah. It's not really a bookshelf. There's no books on it. And I got to put that in the DVD player and turn the TV on mm-hmm. to, to watch that where you could just like yes. pull it right up on your I phone. I literally, boom, like watch right it. now I could. Which worked out well for me because I bought a lot of your old DVDs. Exactly. <laughs> Trying to offload those because those take up a lot of space. And this little server, network tech yeah. servers, and takes I, up. And like... I got to watch them, so I was happy. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I can pull up literally any of my movies anywhere I want. Any pictures, anything. Um, I've used it a bunch of times when I'm, you know, I'm looking for a file or something like that, that I need the reference for something else, or I need somebody calls up and said, I, Hey, I need this. And okay, I can just sort through this. And you don't need any kind of special software or anything. You put it through like Google drive or like, you need special software. It's there's, it's, everything is based off of security with that. And that's, that's where the phones and everything come into play is because with the biometrics and things like that, the passwords and you know i uh, apple has your thumbprint or face print okay now let, let's like let's talk about that because that that's a huge uproar for a lot of old fuddy-duddies like yeah. me because most people think that okay they're just wanting to get your fingerprints and all oh, now they want to get your your face scan so that later they can put this into some you know software that they're yeah. going to have like in like minority report movies where they've got cameras everywhere and oh, look there's there's the person who's running from the law the fugitive and oh my goodness and people always think this now explain what's really going on to the people who are dumb like me <laughs> who don't understand it or have watched too many movies well there's that too <laughs> um it depends on who you're going with uh google and apple have very different policies on data um Apple is very, Apple's in a constant fight with the government over privacy, whereas Google's not so much. They like, they, they're not as strict on their privacy. Um, but Apple 
and I think it was the San Bernardino um, case where Apple can't get into your phone. Uh, they just can't get okay, in. Okay, so if you're using a thumbprint or fingerprint or whatever mm-hmm. or a face scan to open your phone, yeah. they can't see that. They can't see that. Okay, that so is, that's, that's just locally stored on your phone? That is locally stored on your phone. Now, I've heard of ways around it. I know that everybody's trying to break those. Those are usually bypasses. I don't think anybody has broken through something like I haven't kept track of Google as much, but I haven't. I don't think anybody's actually broken through the uh, the thumbprint yet on on Apple. Uh, people have hijacked the uh, face print one, the face face uh, scanning technology okay. right now. That's a little bit easier. I think Apple hasn't fully developed that yet. That's still a little bit out there. But the thumbprint one is 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 good, and I think that's it's a more robust technology that it's a lot harder to break but yeah if you don't have the the thumbprint for for it to get in there um apple's gonna say i can't do anything about that um because they want to have that personal privacy mm-hmm. and like you said they're always kind of fighting with the government to say no 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 this is this is privacy of yeah. our users they pay for this. this is one of the reasons they come to us that is part of their selling that's part of what they sell yeah um, that's, that's maybe a reason why a lot of it's more expensive as well yes and it's also one of those things if you want on an apple phone you can able enable a self-destruct not an actual self-destruct but it's, it won't be like the movies where it's like yes. you have five <laughs> and then yes. the whole thing goes no it's not an actual self-destruct so what <laughs> it is is um if you enable it if you enter the an incorrect password 10 10 times the phone will wipe itself so it will go through a formatting sequence and wipe the phone of all information, and the phone will be useless. Um, you know, hopefully you have a backed up copy. If, hopefully. If you were – well, I see. I keep, If you enacted something like that, chances are you would. Y- usually if you know to enact that, you have a backed up copy. <laughs> I have backed up copies. So if my phone were to break right now, I lose very little. Um, I would assume the easiest way to back up your phone is going to be like a cloud service kind of thing. Or do you have like a hard copy? I have hard copy on my computer. Of your I, phone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, it's with Apple. It's iTunes. It backs up and I've got a, an encrypted uh, copy on my phone or on my computer of my phone. And so if I were to lose, break, have my phone stolen, things like that, I, it doesn't matter. I'll just go get another one and give me a, a half day and I'll be good to go. Okay. So, um, but then again, there's also, you know, uh, good luck stealing my phone because I'll just turn on the tracking on it and tell you where you are and tell it to send the police to you. So it's not <laughs> like it's very useful to steal my phone because, you know, that's easy to track. Yeah, I'm sure it still happens quite often though. I'm sure it's a pretty easy thing for most people to steal, except for the fact that most people have them in their bloody hands all the time. Yeah. But that's the thing is, I, I my wife had it stolen and her phone stolen, and um, I had uh, I I pulled up the tracking on it and I saw it driving down the road away from where they were, so called the police on it. And actually, I was call I was talking to the police and I was telling them it's going down this road, and the cop was driving behind saying that's the car. And they found the car because I was telling him it was driving down the road. <laughs> so it's, you know. Look at you, a good Samaritan. I know. Chasing down perps. I am. <laughs> um, All those baddies. But that's the security that you pay for with that. And that's why they also do it where 
you can't, if you, they didn't give you the password or the thumbprint, nobody's getting in there because they don't keep those things on servers and they don't do that kind of thing. They don't, uh, they don't back that stuff up. Yeah, so it's not like the government's going to come in and unlock your phone and do that kind of stuff remotely. Like when people talk about the stuff, I mean, it's yeah, it's probably from a lot of movies and conspiracy oh, yeah. theories and stupid shit like that. But people still genuinely mm-hmm. worry about that. I mean, you hear that with people, people with cars mm-hmm. with the Wi-Fi connections and all that kind of stuff. The people like, they can hack in and you know speed up, slow down, turn, do all that kind of stuff. It's like, are you serious? And like. Yeah, apparently, there's there's YouTube. I don't know videos. the technology, but apparently it's out yeah. there. Car manufacturers are pretty behind the ball on on software, but there's well, it's because they don't deal in software. No, they, they deal don't. in hardware. They're 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 trying to integrate. Yeah, but they're not they're not upfront like Apple. That's what they sell. They sell technology. Yeah. Well, and that's the the thing with Apple. They're they're um they're supposedly working on a car, an so, Apple car. Yes, an <laughs> oh, Apple God. car. Yeah, but and like it's a, forty billion dollars probably. Um, no, it'll probably, be, I would assume it's something like the Tesla, you know, something okay. like that, where it's an electric car with screens and, and massive computers and security and things like that, where that's a car that you could drive and nobody's going to get in. I mean, a lot it. of people say that the Tesla is more like a computer than it actually is a car. It is more than a, more like a computer. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a car, but basically it's batteries and a big computer is what it is because... I've, I've heard that those things update overnight as they're yes. charging and those kind of things. You get in, it's like a totally separate driving experience. You yeah. can set things up differently. Mm-hmm. And I've never been in or near one. I don't know exactly how they all work, but Basically, it sounds fascinating. When you With a Tesla, when you get in, yeah, it looks kind of like a normal dashboard with a steering wheel and things like that. But you have a gigantic, looks like a tablet next to you. And that's where all of your information is. Um, there are things like... Um, uh, the autopilot that they've got where you click autopilot it takes over now that's only on highways yes right and you're you're not supposed to be diverted from no. traffic all that kind of stuff you're supposed to have like hands on the wheels and all this kind of stupid shit because it's not really like an not auto drive it's, it's more of like yeah. an assisted drive there that's like dry uh cruise control 2.0 uh they are actually coming out with automated you know Fully autonomous. Cars. Oh, I'm sure it's coming. Don't get it's me wrong. Coming. It's just not there yet. No, they're they're in the trial phases right now, trying to get that down. And and if you watch some of the TED talks about those and uh, the software that they use to do recognition of things and predictive functions. Yeah, and, and like that, that stuff gets scary to me because I just think <laughs> Terminator and Skynet, and all that kind of stuff. And you and I joke about that a lot, oh, which yeah. is which is why I bring it up because you're you're smiling right now because yeah. you know where my head's going. <laughs> oh yes, but. but <laughs> Let's not get into that. We don't have time for that today. <laughs> but so how's how's a uh, Google different than Apple with their phones? Then if obviously they're not as crazy about the security, no. But I mean, it's essentially kind of the same thing, though, right? So Apple is a hardware manufacturer. Okay. Google, on the other hand, is an advertising. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So what they do, and and when you look at Google's roots, Google started with a search engine. Yes. Apple started with hardware. Computers, right? Yes. Physical hardware. Um, so Google makes all of its money on ads. And even today, I, I was reading something that they still make the majority of their profit off of the search engines. Most of their other projects either make little money or no money. And so they're you're, they're mostly supported off of their search engine. By going to Google and searching yes. anything. Anytime you go onto Google and search something, money is going to Google. How? How does that work? Any of the ads. 
So, so it's just people buying ads to sell to you. So they pay Google and that's how they make yes. their money. Okay. So same so, as Facebook or anything else yes. anymore. Everything's so ad dominant now because they've got to make a living. And I understand that. Facebook lives off of ads. And so does YouTube. I mean, YouTube's gotten YouTube. so bad now. Yes. It's almost, it's almost impossible to watch videos now mm-hmm. because bloody ads just keep coming up. So exactly. annoying. Uh, Google, all the ads on the sides, the top, the sponsored links, things like yeah, that. Which those aren't as bad because they don't get in your way. No. They don't stop. They don't like come up on the screen. Like you can't but do what you want to do. Sponsored but ads or sponsored search results are a company paying to paying to, Google to put to theirs at the top. Put theirs at the very top. So they're more likely to click on because so, most people click on the first one or two. Exactly. And those are almost always sponsored. If you look, there's a little ads mm-hmm. next to it, which they have to say that, which is probably from our government. Thank you, government, for doing one thing right. <laughs> and so I always go down to like the third one to make sure mm-hmm. it's not sponsored. I always click on that one. And that's the thing. Maybe that's a dick move. I'm okay with it. No. Well, and that's the thing is a company is Sometimes it's helpful to have a sponsored ad because, you know, they, if it's relevant, if yes. it's relevant, sometimes things like that, um, you know, but yes, that is companies chipping in money to say, hey, can you move my Yeah, but unfortunately results? that turns into who has the biggest bankroll instead mm-hmm. of who has the best actual products. Yes. Which is where something like the CNET comes in handy where you can review things and exactly. see, see it from somebody who's like, who's not making money off of selling these no. things. Like they're just... They are running their own yeah, like the, website. I mean, I'm sure they're making their money some way. They out. still have ads on their website, yes. but they are. Well, they're they're going to be, what do they call it? Like completely, oh, what do you call that? We're well, not like rooting for one, one side or yeah, the other. Um, wow. Brain fart. Yeah. I want to say bipartisan. I don't think that's it, but. Yeah. They're, they're, being, they're being objective. objective. They're, they're not trying to push you and in a way that makes them yeah. money. They're trying to push you to make your own decision for what's best for you. Yes. And that's, they do that. And they specifically try to be that way. Okay. And that's their that's why everybody goes there. Is that why the Google phones are a little different then? They are. Um, partially because Google, uh, namely like the Pixel. Will, which is their big phone. That's their their big phone. And that's which, like, like their flagship. That's a that's the flagship. That one, uh, they will track a lot of the data that's on there unless you tell it not to. So as you're typing, it tracks that. As it you know, that's one of those ones where it wants all the data that you have yeah. and they're it's trying, trying to, to it's trying it. to accumulate data now it's not doing it for nefarious reasons yeah. to keep tabs on you or no. call you a terrorist and kind of stupid things like that like a lot of these tinfoil hat people think but it's more or less just a how do i make more money off of you how do i sell exactly. you ads how, well, do, how do i give you what i think yeah. that you want which i think adds value to you which for some people is just a pain in the ass but some people do want that well it's it's also one of those things so say you are you have one of these phones and you're walking down the street. One of the things that they were talking about is if they know where you are, different ads will pop up around you on street signs and things. Oh, God, that, that's scary. To cater to what you like. Or <sighs> it will say, hey, it's about lunchtime. You, I know you like these restaurants. There's one that's right around the corner. <laughs> Which I understand the idea of it and how it can be handy mm-hmm. in your life, but that sounds really creepy. It is. But that's what Google is trying to go for. That's what they cater their phones and and that's how they use their data. You know, Apple will do a little bit of that, but it's not nearly as advanced as what Google's doing because they focus on that. Okay, now what's the difference between those two phones and like a standard like Android phone? Well, so Android is Google. Android is made by Google. Oh, really? Yes. I thought the Google was different than the Android. No. Okay. Well, the the Pixel is different than a standard Android because it's a bare bones straight 
Android. Okay, whereas a lot of companies, let's say like LG, they, yeah. they buy the Android package and they put their stuff mm -hmm. on top of it yep. so that you use their stuff and not just base Android. It's also known as crapware, you know. Yeah. That's what it normally what it is. So uh, what was big before the Pixel came out is rooting an Android phone. So you would go in and tear all the crapware out and exactly. go to base Android. Base Android. But yes, Android is made by okay. Google. So it's kind of the same thing, but... So the Androids track everything like the Pixel does? To some. Or does it depend on the manufacturer and what crapware is on and what you're using? Does that all depend? To a lesser degree. It's mostly with any other ones. It's based on the manufacturer. Okay. Uh, but to some degree, there is a level of tracking that is done because it is inherently Google. So there is some tracking on there. And it also depends on what you use by from Google. You know, if you disable a lot of that stuff, you can get away with a lot less tracking, but that's the whole, uh, with Google, that's their, that's their selling point. They yeah. say, we want you to do this stuff. We want you to, you know, Hey, I'm, I need to go here. It's going to automatically send for an Uber for me and it's going to automatically do this for me. And it's, you know, it's going to tell me these certain things and say, remind you to leave at this time because there's traffic or, you know, um, that's what they're trying to go for. Yeah. So um, Apple's not as much like that. You know, you can kind of tone that, that stuff down. There's still pieces and parts like that, but it's a little, it's not nearly as advanced. So, but that's how they use their data. That's how they use that data. And they, they specifically use that similar to ads and things like that to track that. Okay. So, but that's, uh, it is kind of a scary world. <laughs> it can be. I mean, ideally, I think they're trying to make our lives more convenient, mm -hmm. which is the idea of it. But it just, it like I said, it sounds creepy. To some, yes. I mean, you know. I mean, it's, it's weird that when you you type something on your phone, and you're searching for something, all of a sudden on your laptop, you know, an ad pops up for what you were looking at. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that there are, there are tones that that are sent off by the devices that talk to each other that we can't hear as humans. But they can actually, you know, the laptop can pick up what the phone is actually doing, all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Now, granted, I heard this from somebody who's like a tech expert in the field who was talking more for like how teenagers and young kids yeah. can have like security and safety online. Yeah. It's kind of where the talk came from. I was like, but I was blown away when I heard that. But you, we've all no, seen this happen. It's strange. Yeah. Well, if, if you're doing that, if you're doing something, that's usually Google's network or okay. something like that. Um. If you want to test that and test that theory, you go to something, a search engine that doesn't track you, and you'll see that it changes because it's not tones from your phones. Yeah, and that was one big thing that he said in that talk is like you don't want to use the same search engine for mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. You want to kind of bounce around and do that kind of mm -hmm. stuff in other different places so that one company doesn't get a whole view of like yeah. who and what you are. Well, there was um, there was a thing, I, I think uh, – uh, Target is using some of the artificial intelligence to to predict as you search. They'll watch you and predict what you want to buy, and things like that. Yeah. And so it's the same thing. But yeah, if you um, there's a uh, there's one search engine called DuckDuckGo, it doesn't track at all. And so if you start using that, you'll notice that your results that you pop up from you know Google or when you go into stuff, it will change. And it'll change to things because it can't figure out what it is. Or if you go into actually your Google account and clear out all those searches and clear that stuff out and, and clear out kind of its predetermined um, 
biases and, and knowledge of you, you'll see your search engine or your search request change. And you'll see that stuff change because it's not, you know, little sounds and things like that from, you know, ultrasonic frequencies from your phones to your computers. That would be really complicated. Well, it's easy on a server to connect two dots. You know, I have IP addresses. I have login accounts. I have all those kind of things. It's very easy on servers to do that because that's their, that's their information. They don't need to connect two devices that aren't native to each other. Yeah. They can just do it on their servers. That's easy. So try a different, try a different uh, search provider and see how your cha- your uh, your results change. I bet you it would change quite drastically. It does, especially if you just get away from Google. <laughs> if you do, and then it's and if you want to go to an extreme measure, wipe out the the preferences within Google and watch your search or watch your watch those ads change because that. I've done that. It before. won't know what to try to sell you. It'll exactly. just sell you well, random stuff. Basically, it's it's that's what it does is when you clear out those preferences and when you clear out the the information it has on you, it doesn't know what to do anymore. Yeah. So it's hunts for other things, and and if you start typing something and the first site you click on, it's going to start selling you ads for something like that or related to that, instead of the history it knows trying to customize to it, and then it'll. You know, similar to Facebook, it will try to ask you, hey, we'd like to customize ads to you. We want to bring you ads that you want to buy, you know, and that's why you fill out these little surveys. And then it says, oh, well, this is an ad you would like. Please buy it. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's what they try to do. And and it works the opposite way if you just clear that out. And, you know, then it doesn't know what doesn't know anything about you. Nothing wrong with that. I'll tell you what, actually, we are kind of out of time here. We need to hop off here. But I wanted to thank you for coming on the show. This is a lot, definitely a lot of fun. I think there's a lot more things we could definitely talk about <laughs> and go into different things. So we'll definitely have to do this again. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Sarah. We will see you guys next time. All right. Well, that wraps up another fun episode. I love having different guests on the show. It's always a good time. And and Ryan is a smart guy, and I really appreciate all the help that he's done for me with technology, with this podcast, and just me asking stupid questions. And it's, it's, it's always been good. It's been a lot of fun. And I definitely think we have a lot more fun things to talk about that hopefully will be beneficial to others as well. So stay tuned for some more episodes like this in the future. Now, if you guys are still listening, thank you, thank you, thank you once again. I can't tell you how much I really appreciate your support. But I need some more help from you guys. We need to get this show out to more people. So please go out to Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. And let's leave some five-star reviews for the show so new people will find it. Because that's the best way for new people to find the show. And of course, always share it with your friends. Post it on social media if you're enjoying it. Let me know how you how we're doing. And if there's anything else you want to hear from us. You know, we'll make that happen. It's no big deal because, well, I mean, it's just me. So I can kind of do whatever I want, which is the glorious thing of having my own podcast is, you know, I I literally can just do whatever I want. So anyway, I appreciate the hell out of you guys. Stay sane out there. Let's love everyone. You know, I mean, we kind of went on the little hippy dippy rant last time, but you know what? I I mean it, you know, let's, let's go out there and let's love everybody. Let's have a great life and let's make the best out of 
this wonderful time to be alive. I mean, it could not be a better time. That's for damn sure. So we will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanity.